Big O Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. You'll also save big on tires. How big? Buy three select tires, get one free with paid installation, including brands like Nitto and Cooper. Get four tires, but pay for only three. Right now at Big O Tires, during Black Friday deals only through December 8th. Interest-free financing available, too. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. It's Thursday, November 14th, and on today's Sports Beat KC, the group gathered at Big O Tires in Olathe to talk Chiefs, and there was plenty of ground to cover. The problems in Tennessee were many, so many, in fact, that the Chiefs wasted a 446-yard, three-touchdown, zero-interception performance from Patrick Mahomes in his first game back from the dislocated kneecap. We talk all about it. In our Rubber Meets the Road segment, we ask not only about the player who needs to come up big or the facet of the game that needs to click for the Chiefs in their Monday night football game in Mexico City against the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. And yes, we like that name better than the L.A. Chargers. But we roll out our favorite military movies in honor of Veterans Day, which occurred earlier this week. Thanks to Sports BKC podcast producer Leah Becerra and Facebook Live producer Beth Welsh for their collaboration on today's episode. And we'll be back on Friday with another Sports BKC see where we talk sports in Kansas City on a daily basis. <laughs> so, hey, you know the rules here on uh, Red Zone Extra Facebook Live. Join us. Uh, send us your question and your comments, and we'll try to uh, get to as many as we can uh, before we get out to teach practice today, which is a good jumping off point to say this is an unusual week for uh, the Chiefs and for those who cover the Chiefs because they play Monday night. We have not had any access or just a, what, a 15-minute teleconference with Andy Reid on Monday since the last uh, Chiefs game, which was on Sunday at Tennessee, and I think it's worth exploring, uh, diving back into the, the Chiefs' loss at Tennessee. Um, I too will, soon? <laughs> maybe for some. <laughs> too, uh, too late? Um, a lot happened uh, in that game. And I, here I want to bring up a couple of... Uh, a couple of uh, issues for the Chiefs in that game, and I want you guys to tell me if you think I'm on the right track here. Um, Patrick Mahomes had the second, not, not in terms of passer rating, but in terms of yards, the second most productive game of his NFL career, 446 yards, uh, three touchdown passes, no interceptions, a 120-plus, I think, passer rating game, a top 10 passer rating game for him. But in that same game, Chiefs, you know, had a fumble return for a touchdown, had on one scoring drive, a drive that ended in a field goal, had three penalties in four plays, and their special teams, which has been um, really a, a strength under, under Andy Reid, really let him down, I thought, in, in a big way. So special teams problems, fumble problems, penalty problems, in a game in which the Chiefs were favored to win, in which they got a, uh, a magnificent game from their quarterback. Does this add up to some coaching issue, discipline issue? What, what, what is going on here when the Chiefs go into, uh, you know, into a stadium of an opponent in which they are favored to beat like they were Sunday and have all of these things happen? Herbie, you, you're always our leadoff guy. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I'm going to say it's a Titans issue. There's something about the Tennessee Titans when they face the Chiefs, they seem to excel. They've won four straight now. 
you pointed out last week before the game that Andy Reid is 1-7 on his career against the Titans. Now he's 1-8. And, and to put that in perspective, Andy Reid is one of seven NFL coaches in league history to record 200 or more career wins. He's 1-8 against the Titans. For some reason or another, the Titans seem to rise to the occasion. I, I think you also meant, left off a key point here when you mentioned when you ran off that list. The defense had issues in that second half, too. A couple of those players said they knew the Titans were going to come at them with Derrick Henry, and they didn't stop the run. Now, coaching, I will say this. Reggie Ragland, who's known for being a run stuffer, 17 snaps. It's, it's unexplainable. It's inexplicable for that guy to have only 17 defensive snaps when you know the Titans are a running team, and they're not going to change their offensive philosophy. That's what they do. They run the football. Let's, well, let's talk about this a little bit. Personnel, uh, especially defensive personnel in the game. Uh, Pinnell was inactive, right? Uh, Colin Saunders and Derek Noddy played, I think, fewer than half the snap, half or fewer than half of the defensive snaps in the game. The Titans, as the Chiefs well know from their playoff loss a couple years ago, have a running back, as you mentioned, Derek Henry, who can take over a game. Would it not have been, is it not questionable that the Chiefs were uh, not, did not have the sort of the, the, the big guys up front that worked so well the previous week against Alvin Cook and the Vikings? It's a, it's a very fair question. It's a very fair concern as well because Frank Clark, Sam was asking them after the game, he was asking Frank Clark about the game, and then Clark even said they knew it was coming. You know what's coming, then you have to do everything you can to stop it. But again, they just, they just didn't do it. Derrick Henry, they kept him in check the first half. 48 yards rushing in the first half on nine carries. 140 yards and two touchdowns in that second half. They just gouged him. I think the Chiefs would have taken a 100-yard game from Derrick Henry. 100. Sure they would have. That probably means they didn't have the one 68-yard touchdown run, right? So, it, it, And look, it would have looked yes. different with yeah. that. And that's kind of the funny thing. I mean, to back to your original question, Four, five, six things happen in there. Maybe two or three of them you can look at. I, I think we can say at least the botch snap and exchange was pretty fluky. I, I, I haven't looked this number up yet, but I'm trying to look up how many times James Winchester and Dustin Colquitt have basically successfully had that exchange, and it's probably in the neighborhood of, I'm guessing, 500 times on the field, not to mention thousands of times off it. I think it's just one weird piece of the stew here that, that came together, but in the end, the thing I keep thinking about is all the all the points you made, Blair and, and Herbie, that you just elaborated on. The Chiefs have basically sustained themselves through that. Now they're under two minutes. Two things happen. Three things happen on each phase of the ball. Offense can't get a first down. Special teams, two blown plays in that. Sure. But in the end, the defense was free to stop the Titans, a running team from going 61 yards with no timeouts. I think it was 61 yards. In the, and, and they didn't even need all that time. I mean, the Chiefs actually had plenty of time left to try to score themselves. Well, to put themselves in field goal yeah. position to, to tie it up. So I, the defense, it, uh, to me, it just still comes back to when are you just going to count on the defense? I, I get that we feel like they've had some, you know, upward, upward trend here, and maybe they've been gelling together. We know that they're down on some personnel, but at some point you just want to feel like they made the stand to save the game. Well, on that, on that final uh, Titans drive that resulted in the go-ahead touchdown. Weren't the Chiefs in a press man and uh, at a time when they should have played a little softer zone and kept the game in front of them instead of uh, the, the touchdown itself was uh, you know, just uh, man coverage. And I, I, forgot who, I forgot who had the touchdown reception, but just ran right by 
ran, ran free into the end zone. I, I just thought it was the wrong defense to be in at that time. And I, it, I don't know, to me, it does, yes, the defense was free to, to make the stop. I thought the defense should have been put in a better position. I think when, you, when it's, it's time to, to think about player responsibility on the fumbles, and let's talk about the fumbles for a second. So Chiefs have lost nine fumbles already this year. That's tied for third in the NFL. This is a team that didn't do that. Famously, Kareem Hunt fumbled the first time he touched the ball as a pro and didn't fumble again in the rest of his Chiefs career. <laughs> and already we've had uh, Damian Williams, uh, McCoy, LaShawn uh, McCoy, and Darrell Williams lose fumbles this year. So the fumble uh, against Tennessee was a touchdown, returned for a touchdown. I had them written down here on the index card of knowledge. Uh, <laughs> the, so previous to that, um, the, the the McCole Hardman fumble against the Vikings to open the second, return the kickoff in the second half, short field touchdown for the Vikings. LaShawn McCoy's loaf of bread handling of the ball uh, against the Packers negated a Chiefs scoring opportunity because it happened down at the but in the red zone or close to the red zone. Mahomes fumble, a sack and fumble against the Texans. Texans took that in for the that changed the game. I thought. Um, and then LaShawn McCoy's uh, fumble against the Colts was, mm -hmm. was another killer. So it's not like, it's not just a fumble. It's the fumble that leads to scores or prevents Chiefs, Chiefs from scoring. These fumbles have been killers for the Chiefs. Don't fumble. Don't fumble. That's, there's some good coaching there, don't you think? <laughs> don't fumble. Because it worked before, right? <laughs> Obviously it worked before. Someone told them not to fumble and they didn't fumble before. Well, apparently that message isn't getting across. I thought uh, the more I think about this game, the, the Titans game, the more I think that everybody in that room let Patrick Mahomes down. You know, it's interesting that, that he started something about 30 games, something like that. Um, he hasn't had a bad one yet. He, he just hasn't had a stinker yet. Um, and, and his numbers are pretty even in wins versus losses. And it just kind of depends on everybody else. So, so what you have is this rocket ship quarterback that is gonna perform at an elite level pretty much every game. And it's just up to everybody else not to screw it up. And against the Titans, they screwed it up in every possible way. You, you talk about the personnel. There was, and I didn't notice this watching live, I don't know if anybody did, but um, the Derrick Henry, the one yard touchdown, when they were going right to left on your television screen, they had 10 guys on the field. And, and there was, uh, I think the 11th guy was supposed to be right where Derrick Henry just- We think it was Frank Clark. In. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's two weeks in a row that there's been 10 guys on the field for a touchdown. Uh, the defense went completely limp on that last drive, but you're right. Uh, they weren't put in a position to succeed uh, by the offense and the special teams. The offense, a third and two for the best offense in the league, you got to convert that. Uh, the special teams gives up a, a PAT that was just missed and then two field goals in a game that was decided by a field goal. The offense literally gave the Titans seven points. Like everybody... I'll, I'll, I'll pardon the, the offensive line. I think those guys are playing hard. Um, they've been just brutalized by injuries. Um, and, and I think they protected pretty well. But other than that, pretty much everybody on that roster and the coaching staff let Mahomes down. I think that's a pretty fair way of looking at it. Um, I thought Mahomes had a terrific game. I, I didn't like, listen, the third and two, we, we, can, we can spend an entire show talking about the third yeah. and two. Um, 
uh, it just it didn't work. I think it was Andy Reid's call, and it didn't work. It had worked earlier, a variation that had worked earlier in the year, right, against the, the Ravens uh, to, to Darrell Williams. But it didn't work when uh, – what, what I didn't like about it is that uh, that's the only option. That yeah. Is, when, it, when you run that play, if it's not there, the, the play is over. And, and as Mahomes demonstrated by tucking it and sliding – but he was still in field goal range when he did that. So it wasn't always lost. Um, that's when the, um, the field goal uh, uh, shenanigans happened. That was the botch snap field goal. Well, one thing just to amplify, I think, Sam's point, and maybe it's occurred to everybody or long ago, but it, it, it just in the last day or two, two occurred to me, Chiefs now have lost the last three games that Mahomes has played the entire game. It's a little bit of a testimony to that point that ain't enough for just him to be a megastar. And last year it seemed like that thin line between always having hope because of him and, and maybe playing more inspired football because of that, it, it seemed like that to me at times. Now you do wonder, I don't know if people are letting, you know, waiting for him to do something is exactly it, but I do wonder if, if uh, it's having sort of a little bit of a different effect, like people not understanding they've, they've got to play to his game, they've got to play to his his level of, of excellence. He's had, um, Mahomes has had comic book, ridiculous plays and games, you know, throughout his short career here. And when he's had those, they've typically won those games. The, the no-look pass against the Ravens, the left-handed pass against the Broncos, both of those were last year. Well, you can make a case that his touchdown pass to Hardman on Sunday was as ridiculous a play. The more you think about it and the more you look at it, it's, that's inhuman what he did, right? And they, don't, they, they get that play and they don't win the game, somehow don't win the game. That's, I'm kind of amazed by that. There were three guys within two yards of him that advanced analytics showed whenever he released that pass and he had neither foot on the ground. Um, to me, it shows that Patrick Mahomes isn't enough to win a football game. You have to have something else go your way. Their special teams completely failed them. Of course, I mean, on the, on the field goals, which Vahe got into after the game. But to me, that the most concerning thing was the defense. Because for three weeks now, we thought maybe they had figured something out. And against the Titans, against Ryan Tannehill, and I know, like you guys said, the offense didn't put him in a great spot there you got to stop Ryan Tannehill from going 60 yards in a minute and 20 seconds. That's, that assignment's got to get done. Can't, can't the, the, no, I'm sorry, but the, um, the Rashad Fenton play, you know, where, where it was third and 10, third and nine or third and 10, and Tannehill scrambles a little yeah. bit. And it wasn't just Fenton, who I think has been pretty good. Like, if we compare yeah, the yeah. expectations, I think he's been pretty good. Um, but that was just a, a weak tackle, and maybe that's not a guy that's fair to expect to tackle. But then Tyron Matthew was just kind of, he was there, and, he was, and I think Tyron Matthew's been a good player, but he was just kind of watching and just kind of letting the thing go. Frank Clark was coming on the back end, and I know people have pointed that out, but to me, I thought that was a smart play. If Frank Clark's momentum would have carried Easy Hill over, down, the, over yeah. the first down, I think that's got to be uh, Matthew on, on the front end. And th that was just a rotten play. You, you make that tackle, I think the game's over, you know? And mm -hmm. there's also, sorry, there, all these things are popping in my head. They dropped three. Rushing back. They're all rushing back. <laughs> a <little> recall. <laughs> they, they dropped three third down passes. And some of them were like good plays by the defense and could have been, you know, whatever. But like, help your quarterback out. You know, he's yeah. playing his ass off on, on, a, on a dislocated kneecap from three weeks ago. Like, you know, catch the ball. <laughs> Sammy Watkins had the worst one. 
I mean, he's wide open on that play. You got to make that catch. Well, I thought that wasn't. I, I thought his. I thought the other one was just as bad. The one down the right sideline where Dropped Mahomes drops it. Yeah. You guys were in the press box. Pass. Yeah, you guys were in the press box, and I was watching on TV. Tony Romo went nuts, yeah. nuts that uh, that Sammy Watkins didn't help his quarterback out yep. catching that ball. It was he, a perfect pass. I, I don't. I don't know if there's something still going on with his hamstring or something, but he just. His, I don't think his body language was bad on Sunday. Well, too. when he went, uh, was on the end around or whatever we call it yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Um, Jet sweepy. <laughs> Jet sweep. Sorry. What, wait, what was the term you used earlier? Old Manny. Old, old, old head. Old heady. Um, but but it looked like he. In a way I've never seen him do before, just kind of conceded the play and went out of bounds. I mean, he's uh, often shown like real fight and aggressiveness in running the ball, like knocking people out of his way, and and I, that and I, I wondered if he was a step off or or could, and I think it was the next play was Pringle and Hardman were in there and it was the Hardman touchdown. Um, I I don't know. Sammy came back in obviously, but right. I I don't I don't I don't think anybody said anything about any injuries after the game, but. They may not. No, uh, not with uh, uh, with uh, uh, Watkins anyway. But but to your point, Sam, to get back to the defense, that was 35 points was the most the Chiefs had surrendered in the game this year. Yeah. The Titans hadn't been. Of course, offense. seven are from the offense. Well, that's right. Probably. That's right. Um, and the and the Titans weren't a juggernaut. I mean, they they hadn't been scoring. That, that's not even with Henry and they've ch they changed quarterbacks three weeks ago. Yeah. So. Look, Tannehill's now three and one as a starter, so maybe they, he is pro providing a little bit of a spark. Um, but and, and you also mentioned the special teams. The Chiefs. I wrote this down too. Again, referring to the index card knowledge. Um, so uh, football. I think it's the website Football Outsiders ranks special teams. Uh, they take into account you know kicking, kick coverage, punting, punt coverage, etc., returns, everything. And the Chiefs right now, taking all those things into account, are 12th in the NFL, I, which I thought was pretty high, given what's... Their returns, numbers, have actually been better than a lot of teams. Previous years under Andy Reid, they've ranked second, fourth, first, ninth, third, and first. Ooh. Prior to Andy Reid, the seven years before Andy Reid, they averaged finishing 23rd in the NFL in special teams. So under Dave Tobe, special teams had taken a... you know they, They've been terrific for the Chiefs. Uh, I imagine collectively, probably no team in the NFL has had as good as special teams over that seven-year period than the Chiefs, which is why it's so alarming to see field goals get botched. And McCole Hardman call a fair catch. I know it wasn't last week, but call a fair catch inside the five. And mm -hmm. the stupid little – and Hardman fumbling on kickoff returns. And the things that they're doing on special teams, you're just not used to seeing with this bunch. And, and Dave Tobe, who we've all believed – is head coaching material, and this doesn't change that. But I just kind of feel bad for Dave, and and he's, but something's not getting done. Some messages aren't getting across. Hey, absolutely, and and look, I mean, I think we were talking about this earlier a little bit about the, uh, what you might be called flukiness and oddity of the snap, but you know, let's look at the block kick. It was interesting there to to hear the Titans player saying after the game that he'd been timing the cadence, and a part of what he did, I think he acknowledged this was. He didn't really care if he was offside. It wasn't going to hurt them if yeah. he went offside. It's like, I'm going for broke. I'm going to try to time it up and go. And he hit the timing just right. So the implication was that, that not they were giving away the, the cadence, but that they were giving away the cadence because they just kept doing it the same way. And I, I'm a little confused about what that actually meant in terms of how it played out, just because it seemed like it was a uh, physical cue that 
that led to the botched snap. Um, but I, I don't know what Colquitt was calling out in addition to that. So it's, it's, there's a little yeah. more detail there to be filled Usually in. Usually it is physical, though. It's yeah. a nod or a look, right? Yeah. So when he said timing the cadence, I would assume that's it was, what he means. Yeah. It was less than, he wasn't hearing a verbal thing. He was just looking at each gesture and. I assume that he's referring signals. to the. To Colquitt or whoever yeah. it is not changing that up throughout yeah. the game and obviously they were on the field half a beat from this or yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah. and they were on the field a lot on Sunday so they he had a lot of opportunities to, to time that Blake Bell also could have saved that from happening well he could have did it not look like Blake Bell was asked to block two people on that yes that's, that's usually the case though for that guy on that position we come out and then come he, out late with your yeah. right arm and he never he came out too late he was it was like he had his feet in cement you know like it is good a jump he did not is, have the cadence memorized. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm blanking on the Titans. It was Joshua Kalu. Uh, Kalu. Uh, Kalu. Uh, as good as his jump was, that's how bad Blake the reaction. Jump was. The I mean, Bell it, reaction. It was just th that guy had taken a step, maybe a step and a half before Bell even like got up out of his stance. It looked. The move there is outside first, then in, right? For that that guy. I mean, got to get a shoulder into the. It's opposite, right? You chip the guy the last. I don't know. I would think that the, the guy on the far outside has the longest to go because he's got to take the circular route, yeah. right? So I, I, I don't know. We'll ask Dave Tobe that Friday. All you got to do is bump him once, though. Right. That's all you got to do to disrupt that play from happening. But this yeah. is two weeks in a row that, uh, that somebody's got their hand on a Butker kick. And now, against the Vikings, <laughs> they were fortunate. Yeah, good point. You yep. know, because it was just a fingertip. But it, and that came from up the middle. Yep. That was a heck of a play. So again, special teams, this didn't, stuff hasn't happened to the Chiefs. I feel like before Sunday, special teams had been, and I mean this literally, just unremarkable. Like, I don't think that they had been good or bad. I think they had just sort of been steady. And I don't know what their DVOA on, on right. football outsiders was before Sunday. But they had some penalties, but not, if you really like look at the numbers. Oh, I, I think they've had a ton of penalties on returns. Not, not if you compare to other, yes, on kick, return, kick returns. And weird penalties too, like, but anyway, uh, they just haven't, they haven't won a game, they haven't, you know, and they haven't lost a game, you know, other than like Butker being a hero, um, you know, against the Vikings. But Sunday, like, I just don't remember the last time special teams was that, I mean, they just left seven points on the field in a game you lose by three, and it's just, you can handle a missed field goal if the guy just, you know what, like the wind got it or, you know, he just hit it wrong or whatever. But these are just fundamental, like, mechanisms. You yeah. know, this is like, <laughs> you right. know, like not right. bad weather. This is like, you know, just you get a flat tire. I mean, it's just like weird flat tire. Um, I like that. <laughs> sorry. Where you get it repaired <laughs> yeah. right here. Um, it was just like fundamental. I just don't remember the last time. Like literally, just do not remember the last time that the Chiefs had those kinds of, of issues. Well, what what also stands out to me is to, is nothing remarkable in returns, right? And I I know Dave Tobe used the expression last week that they want to get Hardman to the point where he's as big a threat to to you know take one take one all the way as as Tyree Kill is. And I'm thinking you got Tyree Kill. <laughs> and. I, what what do you guys think goes into that decision to sort of hold Tyreek Hill in reserve on that and bring nine, him out on special had, occasions? What, nine, 19 targets. He did, he had 19 I think, targets. I think that's probably the primary factor that goes into that decision. Well, I mean, could, could you give him 15 targets and have him return four punts? Would you rather <laughs> have him? I, to me, I'd rather have them the full weapon on offense I would than, too. On, than on special teams because 
the gap between Tyreek Hill and anybody else on offense is much wider than the gap between Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman well said. Returning, yeah. the, returning the kick. As long as McCall Hardman can keep his brain and not fair catch at the two and all that and stuff. Right. And, and I also think, like, I'm sorry, Blair, no, but, like, um, come the, the wild card round when the Chiefs play their first <laughs> playoff game. Um, that, that Saturday noon <laughs> kick. <yeah>. Um, <laughs> Tyreek Hill's going to be returning punts. You know, like, I, I like that you can – He's your pinch hitter when there's, you know, a man on second and third. And you know what I mean? Like, you, you yeah. Well, I was probably gonna... be bases loaded because they'd walk him at second and third. Right, that's right. <laughs> and the other team does walk him because they put it out of bounds. <laughs> anyway, sorry sorry about my analogy. It's gone on too long. <laughs> well, but I was going to say, just the threat of Tyreek Hill returning punts is what, is what forced the short punt from Minnesota 100%. that set yep. up the Chiefs to have the game-winning yep. field goal uh, yep. last week. So he didn't even touch the ball when he affected the game as a punt returner. Uh, against the Vikings. Stalked around and they chanted his name That's and right. the Vikings peed down their leg. That's yes, all it does. Yes, it That's exactly what happened. So. Um, okay, so let's, uh, let's enough with the Titans. Um, but again, the reason we're talking, spend so much time on the Titans is the Chiefs haven't had immediate avail availability this week. Today is the first time we'll talk to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. We'll get an injury update. Um, somebody wanted to know about Frank Clark. Uh, you know, uh, what, what do we think about Frank Clark? Looks like um, Emmanuel Agba's done uh, for the year with a torn pack. Yeah. Which is, how does that affect the Chiefs That's on the, the defensive line rotation? Well, hopefully you get Alex Okafor back because Okafor, obviously with the ankle injury, has missed the last couple of games. But if he's back, then that, that softens the blow of losing Agba. But Agba's had a phenomenal huh. season. Five and a half sacks, if I'm not mistaken, which yeah. is a career high or matches his career high. Team best. So he, he's given the Chiefs everything you wanted out of a pass rusher. Hopefully you do get Okafor back. Uh, there are obviously a lot of injury issues that you have to deal with here. Martinez Rankin on injured reserve. He was phenomenal filling in there on the offensive line. The, the two key players to watch this week are going to be Eric Fisher and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. We, we like to think they're close. They put in limited practices over the last couple of weeks, so this might be the week they do return uh, just in time ahead of the bye, or you, the Chiefs might decide to sit them another week, You know, give them an extra time to heal. The one, it, one thing. On Frank Clark, though, Sam got some great stuff out yeah. of Clark in the locker room on his Some neck. revealing, some pretty revealing yeah, that stuff, stuff been, that we really didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, he's been dealing with a pinched nerve since training camp. So it does explain the lack of explosion, I think, yeah. that we see on film when we watch rewatch their games. Um, but the concerning thing is that's not usually something that just goes away in, in two weeks, which is what he's, I guess, technically two and a half because he played in a, a Thursday night game in Denver. But... To me, this is going to be a factor for the rest of the season. And are you going to get the Frank Clark that you signed up for with draft pick compensation, financial compensation, and are we going to see it in 2019 at all? That's the two things I think is very important about this injury. Like, they've been dealing with injuries all year, right? Like, that's been a thing that we talked about over and over. But um, uh, Agba being out and, and this thing with Clark, these are the first two injuries, unless you go back to Breland Speaks, that are going to affect the Chiefs long term. All the other injuries have been, well, they'll be back in a month or two weeks yeah, or whatever. These things are going to be Ogba out and Clark. I agree with you, and that <laughs> he's not going to wake up tomorrow and just be totally cured yeah. of this thing. Um, those are the two things I think are going to affect the Chiefs going forward the rest of the year. Does that change the Chris Jones role? Do we keep out? Do you keep um, him outside more? I, I think they maybe. Yeah. I think they will use him more outside with yeah. Ogba out. Um, it's harder to double him. Right. He's, and he, that's what that's the way, what I was going to say, because that's the way he phrased it. He saw so many fewer double teams yeah. when he was playing on the outside. And to me, I mean, obviously that, that info get, 
relays on tape, but certainly he's in Steve Spagnuolo's ear saying, hey, I was able to do some more damage playing this this spot because they, they can't pay as much attention to me. It's like, and even if they do, they've got to put one less receiver going out on a route. They've got to do some more creative stuff to, to compensate for that. And he is such a home run hitter for them. I, I think he has mm-hmm. a chance to have a Jorge Soler type of year on the outside, <laughs> more so than on the inside. Um, so... All right, so every, every week we get to a point where we, uh, we, we uh, talk about the rubber meets the road, where we have our, uh, our esteemed panelist here give us a, yeah, you're esteemed. All right. It's true. Which it's, one's it's, it's true. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm looking at the camera, not anybody individually here. Um, for uh, players we think uh, will or should have a big game in the, the next time the Chiefs are playing, which is Monday night against the the L.A. Chargers, or as we like to say, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. (laughs) Of Mexico City. (laughs) In Mexico City. Via Mexico City. (laughs) Um, And in addition, I want uh, want our our fellows here to also give me a um, a, a confidence vote on the Chiefs, scale of one to five. Five being most confident, one being less confident, obviously, no very little confidence on the probability of a Chiefs victory. You can even go negative on this. Go minus one, <laughs> minus two. Uh, uh, that would be a, uh, that would be a, probably a Chargers like victory. A, a hint when so, you allow that. So, um, and, and finally, um, as we did a couple of weeks ago, we, we go, uh, we leave the gridiron uh, for a question. Uh, in uh, this week, uh, we celebrated Veterans Day on Monday, and one of our panelists, 20-year Army veteran, and Herbie Tiope, I wanted to ask each of our guys what their favorite military movie, military-based movie was. Um, four of us, I understand, have them, and, <laughs> and the fifth uh, is uh, trying to come up with one. Has actually been uh, googling military movies to remind himself what exactly we're talking about. So, I'll tell you what, and to break it up, I'll go first. How about that today? All right. So, um, what were the questions? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, you know, look, uh, rubber meets the road. Uh, I'm, I'm I just mentioned him. I think it's Chris Jones. I do think Chris Jones is going to have to. Uh, come up big in, in, in this game. He has the ability to come up big. He, uh, I, and I agree with our guys. I think he's, we're going to see more snaps from him on the outside than, than on the inside. I don't think the Chiefs will be playing Colin Saunders and, and Derek Nottie and, and, and Pinnell. Uh, I think he'll be active, but I don't think we'll see, you know, with, with Melvin Gordon and Eckler, the, the, the Chargers can, can move the ball on the ground. Chiefs need to be able to plug that up, as they did two weeks ago against the Vikings. So he is my guy. Confidence factor for the Chiefs. Um, I kind of think they're going to win this game, and, and I think they're going to have a good game. So I'm going four out of five in a confidence factor for the Chiefs. And I know it's easy, uh, military movie. There've been a, there were a lot of great ones on Veterans Day on uh, on the movie channels. There are a lot of my like. Um, Dirty Dozen is one of my my old school favorite. Uh, but I'm going to go Saving Private Ryan. It's the one movie, uh, maybe the one movie where I kind of get a little sniffly at the end. You know. Just gave it away. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Now, okay, just don't see it. Um, But at the end, uh, when he's at the uh, in Normandy. So, all right, Vahe, you are next. Um, Tyron Matthew pick six. This is the week. I can't believe you predicted that. This is the week for the pick six. It sets up perfectly. They're going to be trailing like. 27-21, 27-21, and that's, it's going to be not just a pick six, but like it's, we'll all be fighting to write it. 
and I'll get to write it no, because I it. called it. You've earned it. Yeah. You've earned it. Yeah. So, so let's just say it's already written, right? Yeah, yeah, let me pull that back out of the archive. So Tyron Matthew with the pick six right, and, and Robert Meeting Road, four. It's a four. It's You've been right where you so are. good at this that you're now predicting when it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I think I need to up my game is, is what I'm really trying to do here. It's like I need to you know, drill in. Um, favorite military movie? Favorite military movie. Really, I, I got to say two because one is a little flip. I do. Herbie brought this up earlier, but really it is Stripes. And, but that's a little too... You know. Oh, no, no. You can, uh, they don't, not all of them have to be The Longest Day or Tora, Tora, Tora or anything. It's but look, there's, there's a lot in there. And uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai is, great, is great a great movie. one. Yep. Um, and I'll just mention those. Then, since you're allowing me the humorous one, I'll stick, I'll stick with Stripes. But there's, there's, there's so many. Battle of the Bulge. Oh, um, fantastic. Uh, and the, uh, the other Steve McQueen one. The, um, oh, The Great Escape. The Great Escape. Oh. How good was that? That was good. Actually, I'm going with The Great Escape. Let's Thanks for reminding me where it was. <laughs> That's a fantastic okay. movie. Melly. All uh, right. Uh, so, Rubber Meets the Road. I, I'm not going to pick a player necessarily, but I'm going to pick an element of the game. Okay. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Gordon and Eckler. Uh, the Chargers throw to their running backs more than any team in the right. league. Ruh-roh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I, I think it's like 84 catches, something like that. Um, they got to figure that out. So that's where my rubber meets the road. That's been, a, it's been an issue, that issue at times. Yeah, Phillip Rivers has always liked to throw to his backs, but this year, uh, maybe more than ever. Um, Top Gun was like the first, you know, sort of military-ish movie, but yeah, I also yeah. like... Uh, like uh, I get nerdy with uh, documentaries, and the, the Ken Burns oh. Civil War oh. stuff is unbelievable. That, that was phenomenal. Unbelievable. So was so Vietnam. All right, uh, one uh, to five confidence uh, factor. Five, or five to one confidence factor. Um, you just said four. We have uh, two fours on the board. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, 4.01. <laughs> Price is right. <laughs> uh, it feels like the Denver game. It feels like um, you know everybody was freaking out. Uh, going into that Denver game, and then they just dominated the game. Um, obviously, the, the thing happened with the knee. Uh, but it's just, it's a division opponent. Andy Reid has owned the division. Um, extra day probably doesn't mean that much, but I, I just, it has that feel to it, to me. Okay. All right. <sighs> Sam. Um, <laughs> just uh, make something uh, up. Rubber, rubber meets the road. Uh, Kind of to build off the matchup that Sam did, I, I think it's a huge uh, importance for Mitchell Schwartz, how healthy is his knee versus Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Two guys yeah. we haven't mentioned, but that's right. the strength of the Chargers defense. Um, so if, if Schwartz can neutralize one of those guys, it's going to do wonders for their offense. If he's a little bit hobbled, that's going to change the element of, of how things that's go for the Chiefs. Um, but uh, okay. confidence factor, I, I think four probably sounds accurate. Um, tempted to go 4.02. And I have literally seen only one of the movies you guys have named so far, Top Gun, and I hated it. Um, So, uh, you know, in Rocky IV, there's a lot of military Cold War action going on in there. Rocky franchise is fantastic. Anytime I can put that into a conversation, I'm going to. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with Rocky Four. Okay, yeah, that's not acceptable. <laughs> uh, and you never saw Stripes? I'm, I'm, Top Gun is the only movie of those guys, those ones you guys have mentioned that I've seen. Right. Rocky Four is Sam's favorite, like, <laughs> baseball movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's just a film. Like, the film is <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Leah Nichols also weigh, Nickel weighs in. Dirty Dozen is a great movie. Thanks, Leah. Uh, I agree. It was just on Monday night. Had a great time watching it. And, hey, John. Thanks for the thanks for the kind words. All right, Herbie. Um, Rubber meets the road. Who uh, who needs to come up big? I'm gonna say it's gonna be safety Juan Thornhill. We already mentioned the Honey Badger, but we know that the Chargers love their running back, especially out of the backfield. Thornhill makes up for that missed tackle on Derrick Henry. That's the reason why Henry rambled for 68 yards. Yeah. I'm gonna say my confidence factor. I'm gonna go with a five. The Chiefs over oh. the last 10 games are nine and one against the Chargers. I think they're gonna get back on the winning track here. Even though the Chargers, as we know, seem to love the month of November. They're seven and three in the month of November over the past three seasons, and they always seem to put themselves in the conversation heading into December, but not against the Chiefs. Okay, all right, so hold that thought. So remember the one, the nine and one? You remember the one was at Arrowhead Stadium yeah, last year, the last two point season. Conversion. Two yeah. point conversion the, with the Phantom defense. Uh, on, on the Orlando field. Scandrick's Phantom. funeral. <laughs> that game. That was. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, Herbie. Military movie of uh, your favorite uh, or best done or what but uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of them there are quite a few you have platoon which ranks up there you have we were soldiers ranks up there the big red one ranks up there uh, saving private Ryan is, is a personal favorite of mine because I have been on Normandy Beach stand there mm -hmm. and, and know what happened there during D-Day it's very surreal but as a former army drill sergeant and when you want when you watch war movies I nitpick them because I know what it's like and I want realism you cannot go wrong with Full Metal Jacket. Attaboy. That first hour of that movie, uh, Arlie Emery, he's a former Marine drill instructor, he nailed it, absolutely nailed it. And the crazy thing about that movie is he was signed on to be a military tech advisor. He, not, he was so good that they fired the actor who was supposed to play his role and just said, hey, step over on this side of the camera and do it. So any Hollywood um, producers out there, if you want an army drill sergeant <laughs> on a project, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but full metal jacket, hands down. All right, some of, some of our uh, our viewers have weighed in. Uh, Dean DeCourcy, Patton. Oh, oh good. Patton. Patton. I love Patton. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, what a fantastic movie Absolutely. that was. Um, I've seen that one yeah. for what it's worth. I'm up to two. <laughs> okay, so you're up to two. That's good. <laughs> We're two. taking a list. Jacob Calloway um, uh, includes a glory in his... Ooh. Another I one. Seen that one. Oh, oh yeah. You haven't, oh my gosh. Piercing. Yep. Yep. And and Jacob agrees with Full Metal Jacket as well. Forrest Gump. Would we include that? Let me put it this way to you. Well, Full Metal Jacket. That's a great cooking movie. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket came out in the early '90s. Okay. And some of those lines, I, I became a drill sergeant at Fort Jackson from '97 to '99. I may or may not have stolen some of those lines from that movie when I was dealing with my training. That's how good it was. Herbie, what about Officer and Gentleman and Lou Gossett's portrayal of the drill sergeant? Is that not as good? And uh, that was more Hollywood, because you had, what's his name? Uh, Richard Gere in that movie. So that was Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, that's right. Lou Gossett was really good. Yeah, I thought Gossett. it was good. Right, okay. Yeah. Eric Acuna likes Band of Brothers. Uh, yep, I almost mentioned that one. Series, was wasn't it? Yep. Uh, so, HBO, I think. Yep, yep. Uh, good calls, everybody. Okay, you guys heading to Mexico. Um, there's, there's you know, neutral field, different environment, 
Andy Reid's such a creature of habit. I, the team's leaving on Sunday, I think Sunday morning instead of Sunday afternoon, which they usually do. I imagine they'll do a walkthrough at Estadio Azteca. Yeah. The Chargers are in Colorado all week. Yeah, so the Chargers trained in altitude this week. Teams have, you know, teams have done that, uh, playing in Mexico. I think it's a 7,000-foot, Mexico City, 7,000 feet elevation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Higher um, than Denver. Yeah. 2,000 yep. miles higher than Denver. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Just to backtrack when on feet. Feet, yeah, feet. My, uh, feet. <laughs> my last job, uh, when I covered sporting, you know, they went to Mexico and they all slept in tents for like two weeks yeah, to try and get used to the al altitude. Right. Um, they went to Albuquerque, which also has significant altitude, I think, higher than Denver. Um, there were so many preparations to, to play that game. Now, in soccer, you got to run basically six and a half miles in a game. It's a little bit different. But still, I mean, if you're short on the defensive line like we think they might be, that could be a factor. It could be. But I think of the Chiefs playing in Denver over the last few years, too. They've won their last five games at that altitude. And um, I don't know if that's, that's going to be much of a factor. I just don't know. It could be. We'll see. Uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. But uh, the different environment, everybody will be playing in the stadium for the first time. No, no familiarity for either team. Um, I think if there's any edge at all in the game like this, it's an extra day for Andy Reid to, to prepare and design, you know, a game plan. Um, I, I can't really can't think of anything else that. Uh, the Chargers have been off since Thursday, though. That's right. That, that's so exactly right. They beat the Raiders on a, or lost to the Raiders. Yeah, um, it's almost a bye week for them with the, from Thursday to Monday. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've had a lot of time off. And Philip Rivers was terrible in that game. By the really way. bad. Oh, for seven in the last. He might. Left, he might throw. Yeah. <laughs> he might throw a pick. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might. Okay. Hey, that, that'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for your questions and comments and movie takes. Um, and thanks to our guys, Herbie, Sam, Vahe, and Sam, and to Beth, and to Sarah and Jacob for joining us here today. We will talk to you guys again next week at a Big O Tires in the Kansas City metro area. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.